All right, everybody, um, heading into week two, we got some things to answer for. My name's Nick. I'm with Gridiron AI. And um, yeah, so we're going to change up the uh, format a little bit. Last week, um, I was in a little bit of a rush, but I did a start, a sit, a money line bet, and um, some other things. We got some stuff right. We got Cam Akers, Daniel Jones, very, very wrong. Um, so we got an answer to that. Um, but I feel good about uh, the format here. I have a little bit more of a script, so it should be a little bit more polished. Um, we're going to try to do about 10 to 12 minutes here. Just keep it real tight, um, real efficient. Try to touch on as many um, interesting situations around the league and um, go through an article I wrote that you can find on the Gridiron site right now. My guy Lou behind the scenes is going to cut up the video for me. We'll probably get a, a nice short out of this, about a minute. Um, so Lou, uh, anything that you think uh, um, I touched on and uh, uh, actually uh brings any any type of value to the discussion make sure we capture that in one of those shorts so uh, maybe we can go viral here um but yeah so um right now it's thursday night uh eagles and vikings are playing so uh, some of this is going to be um kind of dependent on what happens in that game um <clears throat> but what we'll do is we'll walk through this article i wrote that you can find on our site here by going to info blog and then it's the top one here so Click on that. Um, I wrote this today. Um, again, at Lou's, um, my man Lou's advice. Uh, we're going to make me a little bit bigger here so that he can zoom in on me um, as needed. I'm going to walk through this article here. Um, and I, a main purpose that I want to address um, is basically a few questions around projections, how to use them on our site, um, where our projections fall short. Uh, people either point that out or they're curious about it. But I thought this uh, quote here, that was pointed out by VT Greg in the Discord. Make sure you jump in there and shout out to VT Greg. All models are wrong. There's no such thing as a perfect model. Um, some models are useful. So all models are wrong. Some models are useful is a George Box. He's a statistician. Um, that's a quote he said. And I think that this article will try to explain that a little bit. And then um, actually uh, provide the necessary context um, in order to actually get as much value as you can out of our projections. So first and foremost, if you look here, uh, this is a good sign. After week one, uh, we beat out uh, Fantasy Pros, NFL, and FFF today. It's only about a point at most, um, half a point in most cases. Fantasy Pros, we just beat them by about two-tenths of a point. But, I mean, if you add up these um, these small little edges, um, if, if you can rely on our projections a little bit more than your competitors – um, if you add up those edges over time, that actually does make a difference. And um, you can <clears throat> you can really stack up small wins over time. That's kind of a game theory uh, principle. And I'm going to be using a lot of game theory principles um, in combination with the projections just to make better decisions. So um, that's what we'll try to do here because um, fantasy football isn't just a numbers game. Um, you got to blend in some game theory. And um, a lot of times it's easier to predict what our opponents are going to do um, than it is to actually predict what's going to happen on the field. So, um, again, all things I want you to keep in mind as you're going through our projections, listening to our content, um, whatever. Um, so where do our projections fall short? Um, there's three specific areas that I think we could probably put some work into improving here, but it, it's difficult. It's really difficult. It's not just difficult for us. It's difficult for any projection model. It's difficult for human beings. So the first thing I'm going to touch on is kind of this waiver situation. Um, it's a big waiver wire week, but I mean, are you going to be super confident in starting um, this guy you just spent 30% of your budget on, right? We're going to talk about that and how our projections usually underestimate a lot of those situations. So we might kind of fade the model in those um 
instances, but maybe not. Injured players um, that might see their snap count decrease. So these are the ones that aren't ruled out. So a good example of that might be DeAndre Hopkins got this, this high ankle sprain going on. What do we do with him if he does play? Um, rookies that could see their snap count increase at any moment. Again, our model, surprisingly, I think is doing a good job even after week one, um, adjusting to these rookie um, numbers because we only have one game of data on them. Um, but at the same time, like a, a few of these rookies um, didn't, they don't have a full-time role yet, but history tells us that um, looking at first round rookies specifically, they're going to find the field at some point. So we may be a little late to that. Um, but again, I'll point those situations out. We're going to do a quick little roundup um, in those three areas specifically. And um, I think we can make this a weekly thing um, that uh, I think will really be helpful and add a lot of value to our projections. So hopefully get people to tune in on the YouTube. I'll try to keep it short so it's um, not too hard to digest, but let's jump in. So the waiver report. First of all, first of all like right here, um, if you have our projections, um, just refer to this article. It tells you the expected points for all these popular waiver wire people. Um, just real quick, Puka went for more than this, so I didn't get a lot of him in my leagues. Kyron Williams, again, a little rich for my blood. He went a little bit over 25% in most of my leagues. Josh Kelly is the guy that I um, ended up um, getting in most of my leagues just because he did kind of fall in this 15 to 25% budget range. And I, I mean, kind of running hot here. Um, Austin Eckler, Eckler has missed two straight practices. So we're not super confident that Eckler is going to play. And he also recommended you pick up Josh Kelly. So um, good pickup there. Um, Henry Edwards, Hurst, and Justice Hill we'll talk about in a little bit. So Kyron Williams and Cam Akers. So right now our projections kind of have this flip-flopped um, from what we saw last week. This is one where, again, our model is going to need to see it maybe two or three more times before it, it realizes that Kyron Williams is the lead back and Cam Akers is the backup. Um, so Williams was the clear lead guy when it mattered. Uh, that game kind of got away from uh, the Rams there, and they were so far out ahead. Akers was kind of like the milk the game away guy. So McVeigh was super enthusiastic about Kyron Williams um, this preseason. So, I mean, everything's there for him to be the lead guy and a really solid pickup if you paid up for him. Um, right now, Akers at 12.3 points, um, and Kyron Williams is only at 4.5 or so. I'm, I wouldn't blame you for flip-flopping those, but I mean, I, still a little bit of uncertainty in that situation as far as our model is concerned. All right. Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. So JK Dobbins season ending injury. Um, it's going to create an opportunity for these two guys, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. They did call up Melvin Gordon, who is probably kind of on the other side of uh, being efficient. He's probably going to be kind of like a mix in guy. Um, but Justice Hill is kind of the popular ad this week. Um, I think people are a little bit more excited to um, play him. Gus Edwards probably got drafted more. It was kind of even after J.K. Dobbins went down. Um, however, Justice Hill, I think we can project him for the more valuable touches, like pa catch pa catching passes, and he did have two touchdowns, so they do trust him down there. Um, Gus Edwards, the model likes him. We actually have um, Gus Edwards here for 6.1 points and Justice Hill only for 2.9. Um, however, Gus Edwards is coming off of a pretty uh, bad injury, a season-ending injury. Um, to one of his legs. I think it was his knee. And Justice Hill, again, I like what I saw in uh, week one. So I'm kind of going with Justice Hill here over Gus Edwards. Um, so again, another another area where we're kind of not really trusting the model so much in this situation. We'll see if we're right or not about that. 
already talked about Josh Kelly a little bit. So again, go ahead and start him if you got him. Um, I feel pretty good about the deal I got on him. And then Puka, um, just wanted to point out, um, we'll talk about more rookie wide receivers later. Our model is already in love with this guy. Um, expected 9.4 points. That's after 15 targets. That's like a historic rookie debut. So um, he's a pretty solid prospect. Like the whole kind of thing with him is he went to BYU and um, he didn't really play all the time. He was only about a 60% snap player, which is not a good metric for our wide receivers. And on top of that, I don't think he um, had great draft capital. I think he went maybe in the fourth or fifth round of the NFL draft, the real NFL draft. Um, he was a third round rookie pick in your dynasty drafts. And the main reason behind that is there's some nerds like me that liked Puka's um, yards per route run number. It was like up over 3.5, which is insane. So when he was on the field in college, he was getting a lot of yards per route run. He's an efficient player. 15 targets. As long as he's a full-time player, there might be a catch here somewhere that we're not realizing, but everything we are getting from Puka Nacal is um, really, really good. So start with confidence this week. And if you did pay up for him, it, it might be worth it. Um, <clears throat> another thing I wanted to point out about the waiver wire, um, we got some injuries like a Darren Waller, uh, not looking great. Uh, a few other tight end injuries around the league. Hayden Hurst and Hunter Henry had really, really good usage in week one. We have them both projected for over um, seven points. And at tight end, uh, especially that's not tight end premium, especially in tight end premium. Um, those are very, very valuable points for a um a tight end. So that's borderline tight end one um, type numbers, and you can easily get them on the wire and start them um, in place of an injured guy. Or, I mean, there might be, maybe it's not time yet, but Hayden Hurst and Hunter Henry might be confident starts over Kyle Pitts if um, Arthur Smith uh, keeps acting up. So uh, we'll, we'll touch on the uh, Falcons later. Um, but yeah, we're going to jump into the injury report next. So what we have here is, um, these are players that I'm kind of keeping an eye on and I've, I've included um, some of their teammates in here just to let you know kind of how to handle the situation based off of the information we're going to be getting over the next few days. Um, but one of them is playing out right now. We got Kenny Gainwell and DeAndre Swift. Um, so Kenny Gainwell is actually ruled out of the Thursday night game and Swift is already up to around seven points. Um, so what I said before the game, I did write this before the game, start Swift with confidence. Although Gainwell is out, Swift's expected points are low at 4.5. Based on current factors, Swift expectation could be boosted up to the 10 point range. I think he's well on his way to 10 plus fantasy points. Um, I think he busted a big run. So good stuff from Swift there. Um, Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams, both, um, missed a practice this week. Um, Jacoby Myers is in the concussion pro protocol and will probably be ruled out. We have seen players come back within a week, but it was a pretty nasty hit and he has a history of concussions. So they may exercise caution with him. Um, Devonte Adams. I, I just haven't really heard anything too negative, probably a, a veteran rest day. Um, he should play. And right now we have him for 12.4 points, uh, median projection. Um, if Jacoby Myers is out, you can expect that to go way up. So um, just wanted to point that situation out. DeAndre Hopkins, if you um, drafted him, uh, not a guy I was targeting, but he did earn a lot of targets um, for the Titans. He did roll his ankle, and um, it's looking like a high ankle sprain. Um, Burks is back at practice today, so I think Hopkins is probably going to miss at least one game. So Burks and Chigakonkwo could be sneaky options that you might not have been you know, confident in starting, but if Hopkins is out, um, the ball has to go somewhere. So narrows it down there. Darren Waller is dealing with a nerve injury, and 
I'm not really optimistic on that, especially after what we saw out of Cooper Cup. Um, his is simply um, his is also similar with a little bit of nerve um, stuff going on. So again, those options like Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst could be kind of a you know in case of emergency break glass situation. So um, be low on the lookout for them if they are still on your wire. Um, I just wanted to also um, take a look at the Christian Watson situation. Um, limited in practice. I don't think he, he did technically practice today. Um, he's dealing with a hamstring. Um, Deontay Johnson is also in this boat with, you're probably going to expect them to miss two to four games. Hopefully it's less than four, but, um, in terms of, uh, green Bay Packers wide receivers, we'll talk about their rookie Jaden Reed and also Romeo Dobbs in a little bit. All right. Um, two good news things here. We got scary Terry's full practice and, uh, Travis Kelsey, um, was seen kind of doing the, the cool like hip bump thing with his, with one of his teammates. So, um, we got Terry McLaurin at 10.5 expected points. I feel pretty good about that. Him and Jahan Dotson make a nice one, two punch there for the commanders. Um, and Kelsey, we have him again, very high projection for, um, the best tight end in the league. And I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will really appreciate having him back in the fold. All right, moving on to the rookie, and uh, this is the rookie running back and wide receiver um, report. These are just your first-rounders, guys that um, have a pretty high chance of hitting at some point during the season, um, some maybe later than others. I also threw in Jaden Reed and Marvin Mims just because these are guys that went a little later than the first round, but people have been excited about them, so I wanted to check in on them as well. As you can see, Zay Flowers is our number one projected rookie. Um, he kind of had some gadgety usage, like low ADOT stuff. And um, Odell Beckham is also projected pretty well. So it was him and Zay Flowers in two wide receiver sets with Bateman kind of as the clear third. And our projections kind of reflect that. So um, go ahead and start Zay Flowers with confidence moving forward. If you got him, uh, you got a really good deal on him in draft. So um, uh, pretty strong team if, if you did draft him and redraft this year. Um, <clears throat> moving down to Jordan Addison, um, another exciting rookie. Um, he had the debut that you like to see out of our rookies. Um, we have him at 7.6, um, projected points. That's because he is still playing behind KJ Osborne in terms of snaps. So he is the wide receiver three there. Whereas, you know, a guy like Zay Flowers is a wide receiver two right now, um, on his own team. And, <clears throat> um, but uh, I, I do think Addison is going to eventually uh, be the number two there. Um, it's just a matter of time in terms of coaches need to see it for a few weeks, you know, veteran respect, et cetera, et cetera. But um, Addison's very exciting as well. Um, less exciting. He's more of the, um, so I, I said Zay Flowers is the number two on his team. Addison, the number three. Quentin Johnson, another first round um, wide receiver from this year's draft. Um, he's the wide receiver four right now, which is a little alarming, to be honest with you. Um, he's a little bit of a project, uh, from TCU, but he has the, um, like the alpha wide receiver prospect profile in terms of size, speed, um, college production, early declare. He checks all the boxes there. It's just a matter of, um, can he, uh, beat out Josh Palmer for three wide receiver sets? Um, which is not the case right now. Um, another out he has is that we know Mike Williams is kind of injury prone. So we just need, um, not that we're rooting for this, but um, he needs something like that to happen in order to be fantasy relevant. He's a hold for me for now, because I do think it happens at some point, but I mean, he's an edge of edge of bench guy right now. And um, if you, if you drop him this week, I wouldn't blame you. That certainly would probably, you know, raise some eyebrows in your league, but um, yeah, Quentin Johnson's situation right now is not great. 
probably could have seen this coming um, into the season, but you know, we move on and we adjust. Um, two other guys that again are easier drops than Quentin Johnson because they don't have that first round draft capital are Marvin Mims and Jaden Reed. It should have been the week for both of them. I know that again, they're both rookies. They both are still learning how to play the game, but um, you didn't see them kind of step up into these roles with uh, Jerry Judy absent in terms of Marvin, Marvin, sorry, Marvin Mims opportunity and um, Christian Watson was absent and Jaden Reed still kind of wasn't the guy there. Um, in both instances, um, you kind of saw like the ball was spread around a lot in Marvin Mims case. Um, and in Jaden Reed's case, uh, Luke Musgrave actually got a lot of volume. So um, yeah, two guys that I would be okay dropping right away and moving on, turning your roster. Um, they're only projected for like five or six points each. Um, again, not a strong showing out of them. Um, two of the running backs that went in the first round, uh, Bijan Robinson, um, look the part, you know, eight overall, our model really, really weighs draft capital heavy. So his first week, um, uh, production and his, um, his overall usage was really impressive and our model agrees. So he's at 9.2 expected points. Um, Tyler Algier is the clear number two, but if you drafted him and you need a RB2 flex option, he's fine. We have him at 6.7 expected points. Again, you're going to see Bijan Robinson kind of dust Algier as the season goes on. In my opinion, he's just by far the most talented guy in the field um, when he's out there. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, um, modest projection at 3.1 expected points. Um, but despite this, again, a lot of dynamic plays, you know, the hypes there, journalists are asking about Jameer Gibbs. Um, you're going to see his usage increase as the season goes on. I'm very, very excited about Jameer Gibbs and, um, you're going to be starting him confidently at some point. I think just got to be a little patient with him. All right, let's close this out. Um, a few things around the league. Um, again, Falcons, what's going on? Drake London and Kyle Pitts didn't really get a whole lot of action last week. Um, we still have them projected for a pretty healthy amount. Um, both are hanging around the 10 point range. So again, hold the line for now. Um, and hopefully, uh, that, that variance bounces back in their favor and they actually get, you know, six to seven targets each, which again is asking a lot in that offense, if I'm being honest with you. Um, another guy that, you know, I had some questions on because he had a low amount of snaps, but the efficiency was just crazy. Um, is Brees Hall. We have him at 10.3 expected points, which especially coming off an injury, because we only have a few games of data on him to see him that high is really encouraging. So um, a lot of people are telling you to sell him for, you know, like a Travis ETN, you know, if you can get that type of trade done in your redraft league to go for that. I I'm a hold Brees Hall guy myself. Um, I think he's going to absolutely dust Dalvin cook and our model agrees um, 4.3 um, expected points for Dalvin cook um, there. Um, yeah. Brees Hall is just, he's too good to, to, to keep off the field. And, you know, with uh, Aaron Rodgers going down, I mean, they're stacking boxes on him and stuff, and it just does not matter. So, Brees Hall, uh, rocket ship. All right, Daniel Jones. Again, I'm going to answer uh, to this one. Uh, I think he only had like four points against the Cowboys. 40-0 to zero loss. He gets the Cardinals this week, which, again, I think the Cardinals with Jonathan Gannon as the head coach, that's the former Eagles um, defensive coordinator. They kind of gave uh, the commanders some issues, but, I mean, that's the commanders. I think we really like Dayball and um, Daniel Jones. Um, again, Darren Waller being out would be kind of a concern, but again, I do not think the Arizona Cardinals are someone we should be scared of. And, uh, we got Daniel Jones again for a very high 13.7 median projection. So 
and Daniel Jones, we trust and Daniel dimes. We trust, um, come check out the discord channel, check out this article. Um, we're running a promo right now. I never know what the code is, but just go visit our site. And, um, there's a banner. Um, I believe it is, um, preseason 50 or something like that. Um, but yeah, do my best marketing here. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, again, we went to 20 minutes. I'll kind of try to keep this, uh, shorter, but, um, should give you a good idea of all the situations around the league that I'm monitoring. And um, if you have any questions, again, feel free to ask in the Discord. Thanks, everybody. Take care.